are watching or listening to episode 18 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. You can watch us on VIP Boxing's YouTube or search for us on Spotify or iTunes where you can download and have a listen. And if you can leave a comment, great. Um, we really need help getting uh, some nice or some feedback so these channels keep pushing us. Uh, and if you've got something you'd rather we did differently, let us know on Twitter or leave the comment on the YouTube. Anything positive you can leave, particularly on iTunes, fantastic. I'm Steve Lillis, and as usual, we have my co-host, top boxing journalist, John Evans. You okay there, John? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. And a very special guest this week, uh, one of the busiest men in boxing. He's a top manager, promoter, trainer. He used to have a load of journeymen, and now he's got a load of winners. He might have a few road kids, um, Carl Greaves, um, Carl, we asked Dave Colville two weeks ago as he held every board license. And there was what I thought he hadn't had the agents or matchmakers one. I thought, or agents and one other, I think. Have you held every one? I haven't got the agents, no. Um, I've not been a ref, I've not been a timekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've, I've not been an agent. Uh, trainer, my, I've had boxer. Trainer, manager, promoter, matchmaker. Yeah, you never you was never a second Jew passing up a bucket, were you? You'd be too gobby as a second. Have you ever done any MCing, Carl? Have you ever got on the microphone? <laughs> no, I can't do it, mate. You would think I'd be all right to like that, but I'm shocking. <laughs> um, you got a big week coming up, Carl David Avanesi on your fight. So you train against Josh Kelly, European title fight. Uh, we'll talk about more of that later on, but you must just be glad to get this fight away. I think at the third, or is it fourth time of asking? Well, obviously it was meant to happen January the thirtieth, and obviously with the COVID, no, the Board of Control said there was having no boxing in January, so we got postponed, and now it's back on the. February the 20th this Saturday, so it'll be the fourth time, actually, yeah. Um, regular watchers or listeners will know this is a quick-fire podcast and there's no real waffle, just plenty of talk. Um, six topics, three minutes each round. And, John, if you're still talking after 180 seconds, what happens? Bell comes in and we're on to the next round. He's a serious man, Carl. Do not mess with John. He might be <laughs> nice when he does interviews on the phones and all that. He's a serious guy with his belt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say, and I'm going to upset him even more. I'm going to start round one this week. Um, if John doesn't mind, if he can get his clock on there. You can do um, that, Steve. You can uh, start it, now. Yeah, I'll let you off this week. Away you go. It's Warrington Woe. Um, what went wrong with Josh Warrington on Saturday night? Um... We're not, we're not, we don't get paid the big bucks here, but we don't get paid to say, I don't know. But I don't know what went wrong the other night. Um, you can come up with every, I've been speaking to Steve Bunce today and John and myself yesterday. Bunce, was coming up with more reasons. You know, there must be 20 reasons why. And I don't think we'll know until he gets back into the ring again, whether it was a shot fight the other night, complacency, Anything, you know, all sorts of things. But um, what what I do know is in that first round when he got caught, that wasn't his shoulder or any injury he's got. That um, I, I just couldn't believe how he approached that fight in the first round. And 
I'm still baffled by it. And I spoke to you, John. I wonder what Carl's take might be on it from the other night. Yeah, he just he just went out with the wrong tactics, in my opinion. He went to try and have a fight, completely wrong tactics against a puncher. And I think he underestimated him. I think he just thought he could blast through him and obviously move on to the next fight. But there's a few quick there's a few reasons, in my opinion. He could have done the weight wrong, he could have overtrained, underestimated the opponent, approached it completely wrong, took the wrong tactics. So there's a numerous reasons, but it was a terrible loss and I really feel for him because, I mean, he just vacated his IBF world title looking at massive fights and then that doesn't happen. So it was a terrible defeat and a bad, a bad knockout. Uh, I'm just glad he's OK because it looked really bad. But it's a few reasons. It's hard, to, it's hard to put a finger on it. I just can't explain what went wrong. I mean, he approached it. He just went out. I wanted to scrap straight away and... Just did it all wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, the thing that bothered me most about it was Josh is usually full of life and full of energy, isn't he? He's like a buzzsaw. And out of everything, that was missing as well. Uh, you know, He looked more vulnerable to a punch than we've ever seen him. Um, I know he had a little elbow injury going into the fight, but we thought he'd get through it. We thought he'd be good enough to beat Lara with, with a little niggle. But there just looked to be so much lacking from Josh's game. Um, Josh is the only one who knows exactly what went wrong, isn't it? You know, in his head, he'll know if he can put it right, if he can't put it right. Um, but I think he's the only probably person on the entire planet who knows the full story. I mean, oh. Yeah, I mean, he, the kid he fought that Laura, he was throwing such an orthodox punches as well. There's coming from all over the shot, slashing shots and he was heavy handed and it was more, it was a bit novice to be honest. I mean, and them sort of kids are hard to judge because you just don't know where the punches are coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah. If one of your normal textbook fight, the punches were coming from all over the place and it were very heavy-handed and he um, finally got to Josh. I mean, it was it was terrible stoppage. You wonder also, being in the bubble, whether that made a difference to Josh, making a lot of people... To, I've got a shot. John's spoken. John to me. Right, well... I'm wondering about um, a few negatives from obviously the restricted cards and boxing in the bubble, but it's an, a negative that not many people are talking about. But I think it's the the fact that these young kids are having their early learning fights right under the microscope. You know, everyone's watching everything we do. The, every little performance gets pulled apart and criticised. When Carl will know, a lot of these kids, when we're in the third and fourth, fourth rounder or sixth rounder, you're not looking for a full, complete performance. You're looking for them to uh, use two or three things that you've worked on in training, aren't you, Carl? You're looking for step-by-step -step improvements. And I just wonder yeah. if being in a fight week hotel, having to do press conferences for six rounders, I just wonder if this spotlight that's been shone on these young kids is maybe having a little bit of a negative effect and not allowing them to come along at the right progress. Yeah, they're getting pushed a bit quicker than they need to be, really. I mean, obviously... the. They're wanting, big, they're wanting good fights now because of behind closed doors. They're wanting more competitive fights. And some of these kids aren't ready for it. I mean, I can remember when I did my first British title fight against Gomez. I was like a rabbit in the headlights. I didn't know how to talk. I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it all. I mean, press conferences and all that. I mean, I wasn't used to all that. And it's a big thing in boxing. You've got to get the ground and then be prepared for it. I mean, obviously, after that, I was more prepared for it in the other fights. But... There's a lot of, like you say, there's a big spotlight on some of these kids and they're not quite ready for it. And they're getting put in harder fights now and they're not learning the trade like they should be. I mean, if it was in an ideal world, you'd be bringing them through a bit easier and easier jobs and 
not with his surroundings, but at the moment it's just so tough for him and you have to feel for him because all eyes are on him. I mean, nobody's got anything to do. Everybody's watching boxing. The media's on it big time and like you say, these kids aren't quite ready for it. It's really tough for them. I really do feel for them. You know what I mean? It's hard. Yeah, I, I look at kids there. I think you made a really good point there, John. You know, a really good topic. Um, I look at kids like Hopi Price, who has had two fights, I think, in the bubble. Um, he had the six-rounder. I think he had a hard time. He was really overanalyzed there. And then the other night, he had the guy that came in at four days' notice where it was either take this little, little guy who was about a foot smaller or nothing at all. And I just feel fighters like him, you know, that sort of fight the other night, nothing wrong. He had to fight four days' notice. You'd rather fight a little fat Nicaraguan from Barcelona who's based in Barcelona than not fight. But the way he was analysed, and usually would that be a fight that would be off TV or, or even at worst just shown on a Facebook page? And I looked afterwards, and I think he's a really good young talent. He's a long way to go. Never had a senior amateur fight. But he's, he's, he's a prime example of someone who's been totally analysed. End of the round. Yeah. Um, round three. Um, ref in hell is this one. And it sh should the board be encouraging more boxers to become refs and perhaps just judges? Um, I just feel, you know, we had all these this problems with Howard Foster Saturday night. Steve Gray, official judging, uh, you know, Howard Foster with his card, and was it Bob Williams with his card in the, in the Zelfa fight? And I just feel that the board aren't doing any, anything to welcome new boxers who want to become refs. Now, I'm not going to say these guys are going to make it who want to become referees, but I know of two retired boxers who have retired one a couple of years ago, one about a year and a half ago, who are trying their hardest to try and get on that referee circuit, to be trained to be referees. And they are just walking into brick walls. And I just think it's such a close shot. You've had these same guys for, for years who are over-familiar with the fighters, like the Zelfa Barrett fight the other night. It was very close. I thought Zelfa might have just edged it. It was a close fight. We had two ridiculous cards, 1-1-8, one, 1-1-1. One, 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 one. And you had, for example, Steve Gray in that fight officiating, who, who I like, you know, and I think he's a good official. He's been involved in Zelfa's last five fights. You know, it just seems it's this same club. We, we know with Steve Gray and Zelfa, we're getting into Mickey Van Ricky Hatton territory. And I just feel they're doing nothing to welcome new referees, you know, ex-pros who want to become referees into their club. Yeah, we definitely need, we need some new blood, 100%. I mean, like you say, it's the same faces on these shows every week. And, the trouble on these behind-closed-doors TV shows, they've all got to be A-star. So it's the same referees and judges every single show. You've got a mixture of about nine, nine officials across the board that's an A-star, and they're rotating them all the time. I mean, they should even be letting, giving the others yeah. a chance. I mean, there's referees and judges there now that's not had a job for about, well, nearly a year. It'll be some, yeah. The ones that's not an A-star, they've not had one job. I mean, why don't they give them a chance? Because I know there's some very, very good ones in there. And they're using the same officials every single show, just rotating them. And it's not good enough. We need to get somebody, like you say, some young blood through and some fresh talent and a bit more of a challenge for them and bringing some new ones through because it's a long procedure to get your licence, to get upgraded and get become a referee you've got to have trials you've 
you've got a referee fights while you've got them others, the officiating, judging outside the ring. And it's a long process. And it's that long, it can put a lot of people off. I mean, but there's a lot of good referees and judges out there that's not actually a star that would be good enough to do these shows. Yeah, right, that's the end of the round. Perfectly timed, that, Carl. On to the next one, Steve. Sorry there, John. John. All right, well, we've got... um. Some, another little thing that bothers me about the progress of fighters is fighters getting to European and fringe world title level and they've got there by only fighting hand-picked opponents. You know, they're, they're bypassing British title level. Some guys pass English title level and they're getting in these testing fights without having faced a guy who's been mandated to fight them, who's coming to win. You know, I'm sure Carl thinks this weekend we've got a prime example of Josh Kelly going in with Avanesian. I'm sure Kelly would have benefited from fighting a couple of these good welterweights we've got at the moment in Britain. Um, people will, I, I don't think Zelfa, I think Zelfa's probably beyond it. I think Zelfa's had a couple of fights, but there will be people who say Zelfa should have fought a top British guy before getting in with Akiko Martinez. Um, I just think the benefits of taking on your domestic rivals. Um, you get a meaningful win under your belt. You've got a man in the opposite corner coming to win. You get that confidence from having beat a, uh, a hungry, ambitious guy for a, a big title. I just think the benefits far outweigh the, the, the way of skirting around it and then avoiding it. Yeah, I mean, your prime example is someone like Archie Sharp. I mean, he's like number four in the world with the WBO. He's not had one tough fight, really. He's not boxed anybody in Britain of no. And he's got a false ranking and he's on the verge, he could be on the verge of a world title fight and he's bypassed English, well, area English, British, Commonwealth and he's number four in the world. It's ludicrous. And this is because of these intercontinental and, and yeah. international bouts. It's making it worse because they're just bypassing the domestic scene and the British scene and they're not ready for these fights when they get up to that level and they're getting found out and... You need your hard learning fights and your grinding fights like you did back in the day. These kids are getting fast-tracked too quick now and they're not ready for it. And the time they step up and go into an hard fight, a lot of them's getting found out too soon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with Carl. I, think, I was thinking, well, thinking on this topic earlier and the international titles have got a lot to answer for because you can just bring in Joe Bloggs from Lithuania for a WBO European fighter, an IBF European, and it gets your man a top 15 ranking. You know, I don't yeah. mind these international fights if they're going to be good learning fights that you're going to develop. You're going to come out of work. You know, you might have won eight rounds out of 12, but you sit in that dressing room afterwards and you are just knackered and you want to go home afterwards. And, you know, you, yeah. you know you're unwrapping the, the bandages and that's a tired man. But a lot of these fights aren't even learning fights. It's almost box wreck matchmaking to get someone a world ranking. And... Um, I agree that it's easy into continental titles, but they're not going to go away because of the fees no. that can be can be yielded from them you know, in sanctioning fees. They're not going anywhere. Right. It's the king of Spain. Um, you know what? I might have done Kiko Martinez a bit of a disservice last week, um, thinking, you know, Zelfa was going to stop him. And, and I've been thinking about it a lot over the weekend and analysed his record today, 40, 41, 10, 2, whatever it is. But is there a better road warrior in Europe or the world? If he was an American like Glenn Johnson, who was Jamaican-based in America, he would be lauded globally. You know, 
I first saw him, you might have been there, Cole. You might have been involved in the show with Maloney. Uh, 2008, the first Rendell-Monroe clash when he was unlucky. Uh, yeah. You know, if you look at the 10 losses, you know, two against Rendell. One, he was the first one, he should have got the decision. Then, you know, all world champions. Takalani Unlovo, I think, won a world title. Carl Frampton beat him twice. And how good does Carl's first win over him look when he stopped him now? Um, Scott Quigg, Leo Santa Cruz, Josh Warrington, Gary Russell Jr. and the controversy with Zelfa the other night. Two defences of an IBF Super Bantamweight world title, including a win in Japan where he stopped uh, Hasegawa, who was a four, might have been a John Wall Nobel and me on Japanese boxers, a two or three weight world champion. I just think he is the finest road warrior there is in the world right now. Absolutely fantastic. And as for Zelfa fighting him again, I don't see the point of the rematch. I think Zelfa beats him, but it's not going to kick Zelfa on anymore. And Zelfa's not... No, you, you're, def you're definitely right. I mean, Kiko's a, a fitness fanatic. He's fit, he's strong. He keeps coming all night long. And I think that, I think that matchmaking, they thought was an ideal, ideal time to to fight Kiko for Zelfa. I think there's getting him at the right time, but it were all wrong for Zelfa, really. He kept coming and coming all night long and, and Zelfa couldn't hurt him and keep him off. And that was the trouble. I mean, he's a, he's a good fighter, Kiko. I mean, he was a size smaller, really, on the night than, than Zelfa, but he kept coming. And I think they thought the timing was just right with that fight, but obviously the, he got the win and he's got away with it. But, I mean, he getting him all sorts of trouble. It was... Uh, it was a very, very good fight. Yeah, the thing you thing you got to love about Kiko is, although he's gone up the weights and he's getting older now, he's never changed his style, has he? You know, he's not resorted to um, jabbing his way in and grabbing and making it mauly. He's just he's the same fighter he was ten years ago. Uh, he's not had to change anything. What a testament to keeping yourself fit and keeping yourself in shape. I, I love watching him, and I, I love watching him as much now as when he burst on the scene. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, he's, he's sorry. Huh? No, no, like I say, he's, he's great to watch. He keeps coming. Like I say, he's the same as what he was years ago. He keeps his in fantastic shape. He's a fit and fantastic him. Shit, mate. <laughs> right, final topic. Do you want to introduce it, John? Yeah, let's let's well let's just I'll I'll do about five seconds and then Carl can go on. Carl I can't wait for it. A proper fight for a proper title. Your guy, David Abanesian, European champion against Josh Kelly. Um, if we even put all the rubbish to one side, all the build-up, it's a good fight. But all that talk and hype's built into something even bigger, hasn't it? You know, you're four days away. What are you thinking now? Fantastic fight. I mean, I can honestly say that it's the best I've ever seen David. He's in fantastic shape. He's in good... He's, his mindset's fantastic. He's in, he's, in, he's in a great position at the moment. And um, I really believe he's going to do the business. I really do. He's... he's He's got the style to give uh, Kelly all sorts of problems. He's another Kiko, really. He's, he's 32 year old, but he's so fit and strong and determined. And obviously, with all what's gone on in the past with this fight and with the pullout on the day, it upset David, and he really wants to make his mark and, and win this fight badly. I mean, listen, Kelly's very good. He's a former Olympian. He's a great boxer. He's got good angles. He makes you miss and, and all that. But I just think that. He struggles at well away. I think that the pressure that we're going to put on Kelly, I, I really believe that David's going to get to him late and stop him. Yeah, yeah look, it, it, it's just, I, you know what? 
I can't even pick how it's going to go. I mean, I think, um, you know, Kelly's had some stick for, some, for a couple of performances, but I don't think he's even fought anyone with a losing rec- record. And you know what? The guy he drew with in America, uh, that Ray Robinson, that isn't the worst result in the world. I remember when I... No, I said that. Games, when... Um, we saw right, right, right the end of the Box Nation days towards the end. I watched Robinson draw with uh, Kavaluskas. Um, yeah, Kavaluskas, yeah. Who went on a fault for the world title, who's beaten David. And yeah. It, it, he should have won that fight. I just think it's such a hard, hard fight to call. And I think, you know, all credit. Eddie Hearn set the bar, uh, bar, on, bar, bar high on Saturday. And, you know, I didn't think it would be that great what we just went down this Saturday night. You know, drama, controversy, knockouts, everything that show out on Saturday night. This was always the, the fight that was going to set the bar for boxing, for boxing's comeback. And I sat, that says all you need to know about what this fight is on Saturday night. And Cal, yeah. Cal so, some fighters go off the boil, you know, when a fight's been postponed three or four times. But uh, as, as the, the little bit of spite and a little bit of a, a grudge that's developed, does that help, David? Definitely, mate, yeah. I mean, these Russians have got different mentalities to the yeah. British, mate. You know what I mean? They're made of different stuff. I can see it in training. You know what I mean? Um, I've never trained anyone like David. He's, he's, he's fantastic to train. He's, he's a different kettle of fish, mate, to all the English fighters that I've had. And um, his work ethic's unbelievable. You know what I mean? And he's still always asking questions, still willing to learn as good, he, good as he is. And it's, it's great for me because, um, I mean, I, I've never had anybody like this before as a trainer and uh, it, it's, it's, it's great, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm over the moon to have him and I've, definitely, I've just got a feeling he's going to be too much for Kelly. I really have. I mean, listen, I could be wrong and eat my words. We lost you there, Carl. That's, right. That's the time anyway. We've gone way over, Steve. Oh, you've muted yourself there. <laughs> Carl. Hello. Oh, yeah, you've muted yeah. yourself there. But we got the gist of what you were saying, mate, anyway. But I'll tell you what. Yeah, he went you... muted then. Yeah, yeah it was John. He ain't nothing listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. I'll tell you what, though, when you go in that bubble tomorrow, you've got to follow the Ricky Hatton and Steve Wood way of doing it. When, What's when that? They... Well, what Ricky does, he's been in it a few times. When he gets off the train at Euston, he goes to Sainsbury's at Euston, get, as a spare bag, gets about eight cans of Stella's, a bottle of red wine, and a load of sweets for the night before he's waiting for his test results. So Steve <laughs> Woodcoffed him last week, but he didn't go on the Stella. He bought eight bottles of Corona. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really like that for drinking, mate, honestly. not not. I'll have a drink after the show and that, but I couldn't do that in the room, mate. It's just not me. <laughs> <laughs> Never been like that. Anyway, Carl, thanks for joining us this week. Been great listening to yeah. uh, your opinion. You've always got something to say. Have a great, great week in the bubble. And uh, same as what I'd say if uh, Adam Booth was on your rival trainer. Good luck for Saturday night. Yeah, thanks a lot, lads. Really hey. appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Good, Carl. Thanks, Bob. Top man. Thank you. For all boxing info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro across the north, click VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.